A federal judge blocks California law requiring Trump to release his tax returns. California just legalized public banking, setting the stage for more affordable housing. And 10 of the country's most miserable cities are located in California. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. It's that time again. It is, and we are one short today. Mr. Bobby is not in the studio right now. Vacationing. That's right. How dare he vacation? We're not really sure where he is, but he's telling us he's on vacation. Yeah, he just said, I'm on vacation and I can't be there. So, but we never really found out where he's going. I mean, I still wonder if there's some ice involvement, but we'll find yeah. out. We'll find out later. A vacation, quote unquote. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean that news in California and federally isn't still happening. No, there's actually a bunch going on. There's a bunch going on federally, too. We've got true. the Ukraine debacle and impeachment. Um, I'll be honest. The one, the the angle I've I've done only a little bit of reading on the the Schiff angle, but and I'm bringing Dude, this up because he's what a, a loser. He's, he is. he's the he's the rep, right? Like I like to remind listeners, he's Louis's congressional rep from where Louis's from originally, yeah, the Burbank Glendale area. Yeah, Mr. Adam Schiff. And so this guy, right? He, Shifty Schiff, as Trump's calling him. <laughs> so this guy like made up this mafia style dialogue, and then. He and Pelosi came along later and said it wasn't made up. He completely fabricated <laughs> the conversation, right? And Be, that was happening in theory between, between Trump and the Ukrainian president. Right, right. And went on TV and said, hey, here's the conversation. But I don't, I don't know how stupid you are because the transcript <laughs> came out, right? I mean, yeah, we have the actual transcript and it's not what you said. Uh, even the wa- I read this morning the Washington Post, yeah. not exactly the bastion of conservatism, comes out and says the guy lied. Right, like he's a liar. And so I think the only way you, the only way you do that is if a you're you're an idiot, right? I mean, <laughs> let's not rule that out. Uh, fair, or you think you have such impunity that. It doesn't even matter. I can just, I can lie even when you have verbatim transcription. I can still lie. It's really funny because, you know, you hear the word thrown around with Trump by liberals, Machiavellian, right? This guy will do whatever it takes. How is this stuff? I mean, these people are, we say they're deranged. There's obviously some site, I think, who was the the radio? Oh, um, Michael Savage, right? He had the book, Liberalism is a Mental Disorder. I, I think on some of these people, right, there's a little... But th- this sort of stuff is Machiavellian to the nth degree. Oh, I mean, yeah. b- because I think they justify, I think they think it doesn't matter what has to be done. Oh, the ends justify right. the means. Always. We're super righteous. Right? It goes this way with a lot of things. Because the cause is so righteous, I can burn down Starbucks. Oh, that's right. I can beat you in the street. Right. I can throw a brick through your, your business window. Right. I can torch stuff and light things on fire. Because the name in which I'm doing it for is just so 
holy and supreme. That's why Dennis Prager always makes the alignment that liberalism is like a religion. I totally agree. It's followed with such a... Followed with such a conviction that um, that's right, you know, and, and and religious zealots and fundamentalists do the same exact thing, right? It, it is well, this is for Jesus and God, so I'm going to go do X, Y, Z, even if it's bad. It literally comes down to your life's like guiding philosophy principles core, like what you're driving towards, what you're right. And for I really do think for a lot of liberals, it's these agenda, these causes means everything is worth doing for that thing. Totally. Everything. And I think there's this massive disconnect with reality to where they believe the rest of the world's on their page too. Uh, right. right? Yes. They can't, they can't imagine someone not agreeing with what they're saying. Which is why you had things like, uh, who was it, Newsweek, had the Madam President cover. Oh, right. right. They, they, already had, right. they already had the cover of the next day's publication ready for Hillary's win. For sure. And it didn't happen because, well, there's no way anyone would not vote for <laughs> right. her, right? And what you found was yeah, a big chunk of the country didn't. You only, all you have to do, we've talked about it on the show, but pull up on YouTube the clips of that evening of not only, obviously, people at her um, campaign, well, party, wasn't really a party, but also uh, newscasters, the the looks on their face. Oh, they were blown away. Was astonished. that this can't happen because it was guaranteed to not. Right. It's just, yeah, it's very revealing. Well, and to jump the gun on an impeachment before you've even read anything, and, and they're starting to draw these parallels in that this kind of went down the same way the Kavanaugh-Dr. Ford thing went down, where right. the info was brought to a Democrat uh, a Democrat office holder first. Oh, uh, F- Feinstein. Or, yeah, yeah, so yeah, Doc- yeah. Dr. Ford's stuff was brought to Feinstein first. Right. And this, they're saying, was brought to Adam Schiff's office first. Mm. And they're even talking about, it sounds like the whistleblower's statement was crafted by an attorney, that, not exactly right. the whistleblower. That's right. Some A couple people who read it, I, I have heard, said that th- this isn't your normal speak. This isn't right. your average just confession for lack of a better word and the whole thing being based off second third had third second right. or third hand knowledge right when you have the transcript that speaks for itself that is the first hand knowledge right i mean can you imagine some <laughs> obviously i'm biased but can you imagine some of the transcripts that if we ever saw with obama and oh no doubt even even between he and valerie jarrett right I mean, I I think people live in this vacuum where they just don't understand how business gets done, right? right. Whether it's golfing, right? It's uh, there's always this big deal made about golfing, right? And it goes both ways. Uh, conservatives said it about Obama, and people say it about the couple of times that Trump's gone golfing. Yep. yep. In the real world, that's how deals are made. Right. It's two average people just talking about things and schmoozing. Sometimes in a setting that you just don't want to be in the office. Totally. You're elsewhere. Right? I mean, how many how many of our listeners go to Starbucks or right. to dinner with clients, and that's how you make deals? Right. And, and this whole pomp and circumstance and... We shall sit down at the official right. table, name placards, like, give me a break. It's just not how it's done. Right. You know, you have a, you have a, a cigar and a drink, and you go hit some golf balls, <laughs> and you loosen up a little bit, you let your guard down a little bit, and you make a deal. And that's... Yep. That's how it works. 
don't yeah. know what to tell you. I had heard the story. Uh, what podcast was I listening to? I think it was Joe Rogan, and I forget who his guest was, but the guest was saying same thing. Deals are made on the golf course. And he had gone golfing with this other guy, and his wife came along with them, okay. and she was just kind of hanging out in the cart. And she watched the guy that he was golfing with pick up his ball and movement for sure, mm-hmm. right? And her husband didn't see that. Mm-hmm. And then when they got home, he thought he was a great person to do business with. And the Ooh. wife said, don't do business with that guy. He's a cheater. I watched him move the ball. And sure sure enough, the dude, he doesn't do business with him. And three years later, he gets hooked up for a bunch of embezzlement stuff and Ooh. things like that, right? And, and it's like, if you're going to cheat with your golf ball, what else are you going to cheat on? Right, what they always say. Um, and something that doesn't matter is that insignificant. Right. Your your core is what you do when no one's watching. Exactly. Right. Integrity, and, right? Right. And it's kind of the same deal. You just learn a lot about people, too, in a three, four-hour round of golf, right? It's just you see how competitive they are. Mm-hmm. You see how honest they are. There's just a lot from the game that you don't Yeah. You just don't get, you know? And it's different than being all buttoned up and at a table with a bunch of reporters. But, but again... Um, the orange man bad the fact that this guy's right. doing that kind of stuff right disaster totally. horrible horrendous totally. how could that ever happen and it doesn't change the fact that biden did these things <laughs> right we still get back wipe to away that. all of the the optics of everything else his he, his, his dirt son, and, son right. gets kicked out of the military he works for a ukrainian oil company without any previous oil experience to the tune of fifty thousand dollars a month salary huh huh and Biden didn't play a role in any of that. Biden will, straight up says he didn't talk to his son about business dealings at all, ever. What? Right? What a load. And we have Biden on tape trying to show off, presumably, that he threatened to withhold a billion dollars in aid if they didn't fire the prosecutor that was investigating his son and the company he worked for. Like, literally says that on tape. There's the recording. It's a video. He's telling it to reporters. Same thing. Do you only do that? Do you do that because you're a big idiot? Or do you do that because you just know the nothing's going to happen to you in the media? Not that it matters for much, but I, I sign up for the latter with a lot of people. But on both sides I, of the I, aisle. I, I agree more with that, too. On both yeah. sides of the aisle, to be honest. Yeah. But they, they just think they walk through life. Because um, if the media doesn't cover it, it didn't happen. Correct. And the media won't. And you know what I think of when you see stuff like this with Biden, et cetera? If that if this was going on and he was under the level of scrutiny, quote unquote scrutiny, of a federal employee or a senator and or a vice president, if this was happening with that, the Clinton Foundation. I mean, you can write oh if, yeah <laughs> it, things that don't even exist anymore for five hundred <laughs> right. The, the, because the they level just quietly went into the night, the level of scrutiny that they were under was probably uh, obviously less for right. being a charity and. So if this was happening with a VP slash senator, heads of a charity, oh my goodness. You Absolutely. Can, you can just imagine. It's crazy. And and it just disappears overnight. Oh, no, no, yeah. Uh, uh, and you're the one who wears a tinfoil hat if you think anything shady gone. gone. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, all of these power, <laughs> powerful people around the world, magically, let's say a little bit after November 2016, kind of figure other charities are in need of their money right. just all simultaneously 
um, come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. That's all on the up and up. Aww. And if you question it, <laughs> you're the you're the weirdo, <laughs> right, man? Such good stuff. And then uh, some trade stuff. Yeah, right. that continues. The market hit a little bit of a slump. Yeah, you know it's um, it just keeps going around and around in circles in terms of of the discussion points on on the trade stuff, but. It's tricky, right? Because you're dealing with a nation where um, they've got, they've just got this hybrid capitalism and socialism, and what they're doing. I'm not a big fan of of tariffs, but at the same time, I don't know how I don't know a different way necessarily to uh, try and break their trend of just outright stealing intellectual property, right? right. So. I'm not saying any of that necessarily is like a Trump defender, but I'm literally just trying to comment on the facts and what happens, whoever it is in in the presidency and and in Congress, et cetera. What do you do with a country who's doing that? Yet at the same time, you know, free trade is good. Well, you can't, you can't just continue to sit there and say, well, that stinks. Please don't do that. But in the meantime, I don't know what other levers there are, you know? Yeah. You've got, uh, it's just kind of the world we live in where you have different countries doing business with each other, even though their own countries operate under different commerce principles. Correct. Right? That's exactly right. And there's a giant problem in China. Maybe people don't even under, realize this part. The biggest hangup is the intellectual property right. crackdown. Right. The U.S. wants China to crack down on all the counterfeit software and hardware and... Everything from purses to everything, just right. the counterfeit nature over there. And they don't care. Right, because, I mean, I think China's also kind of somewhat saying, look, that that if that stuff goes on, that creates a commerce for our country and, and oh, totally. revenue. So we're not going to really, you know. Everything has a reaction, right? right. That is that is a right. money revenue generating stream for them. Right. So by cracking down on it, it will impede money somewhere. Right, right. That's right. It's not like it's a small portion of what they do. So it's going to be, um, well, it obviously is interesting, remains interesting. I I don't know. Because, you know, th- then, then you get into cultural differences and you, you read about people talking about, well, the way Trump's approached it uh, in, in Chinese culture, they don't, I don't think anyone does, but they don't really, really don't like to be like publicly humiliated, right? So the right. way he's gone about it is totally opposite. It's, there's, more, there's a lot of layers to it. As as is evidenced by how long this has gone right. on and probably will go on. Right. So. First topic. Let's do it. Oh, we've talked about this a few times, and this is... It's very annoying of California to want to infringe on the rights of voters. So a federal judge blocks California law requiring Trump to release tax returns to appear on the ballot. This comes from CNN. So a federal judge in California blocked a state law that required candidates for president to disclose income tax returns before their names can appear on the state's primary ballot. The ruling is a win for President Trump, of course, who is resisting efforts to turn over his tax returns in a battle largely playing out in the courts. Um, So U.S. District Judge Morrison England Jr. of the Eastern District of California on Tuesday wrote, while this court understands an empathy empathizes with the motivations that prompted California, which F that statement, right? Right. To pass the law, the act's provisions likely violate the constitution and laws of the United States. 
England noted that it is not the court's role, quote, to decide whether a tax return disclosure requirement is good policy or makes political sense. So that's the gist of it. Right. Man, that seems like a typical California judge when he imposes his opinion that he understands and even empathizes with the motivations that prompted California. Totally agree. But the other, uh, a different angle too, in terms of this gentleman, and I just bring the point up because this is, this is happening uh, unreported behind the scenes in the Trump administration. And obviously I think it's a good thing. This guy was appointed by George W. Bush. Right. Right. And it just goes to the point of these sorts of appointments are big. I mean, all the emphasis always goes on the Supreme Court, right? These sorts of for, these little battles for these sorts of deals. This stuff. This is why these sorts right. of judge appointments matter. Now, again, I'm not saying George W. Bush carries the banner of credible fiscal and you know conservatism, but it, enough that a guy like this right. is there. And our Secretary of State, California Secretary of State, Alex Padilla. Oh man, he announced that they're going to still appeal this thing, right? And, of course, uh, the California will appeal this ruling, and they'll continue to make their thorough, thoughtful argument for stronger financial disclosure requirements for presidential and gubernatorial candidates. Um, Padilla said that it's fundamental to preserving and protecting American democracy. <laughs> How? Why? I, you file your tax return, and it's already looked through by a federal agency. Uh, fair, right. Why, why does releasing it have anything to do with anything it, it it correct me if i'm wrong but my understanding is it's basically we've gotten into this mode of it's it has what has become offered and typical of candidates to show that doesn't mean it's required right right <laughs> but but candidates for i guess past precedents for a while now I, i'm kind of be curious to know when they really started this but they kind of do it as a gesture of see i'm being fully transparent but to your point, not like that hasn't already gone under the scrutiny of the federal government, but they're willing to release them. Okay, fine. Great. Nice. Well, and for the most part, those people tend to have already lived a life of public policy. Oh, yeah. Right. Fair. Right. Fair. So they also want to prove that they're on the up and up politically because most of their money has been earned as a political servant of some point. Right. Right. And... Trump's been in the private sector for forever. He has zero... Which they hate. Right. And he has zero uh, history of being paid with tax money or being any kind of elected candidate. Why does he have to disclose what he did in the private sector as a private citizen? Right? Like... Setting aside this whole notion, too. I mean, it's because this is a different trail. But the whole idea of public servants right. when they come in are worth like 200 grand. Oh, right. When they leave 12, 14, 18 it's years amazing. later, boy, they got like a couple 10, 20 million. Yeah, huh. absolutely. Now, now your salary's publicly known. I know what that is. How do you explain the spread? Mm-hmm. Huh. I see your tinfoil hat. <laughs> I'm putting it back on. Now we're going right? to convince you that you're the one with the problem. Hey, here's, here's a quote from, um, the judge, Morrison England, I guess, what's the the official is ruling, right, that right. this was written in it. And this to me, see, now this to me is a critical component. Element. Yeah. 
He said, quote, the list of allegedly relevant information required to obtain ballot access could therefore snowball out of control with no practical limitation as legislatures throughout the nation could impose their own qualifications on presidential candidates, perhaps for nakedly political purposes. That result cannot possibly comport with the framers' goal for a fixed and nationwide standard for federal offices. Right. That's exactly the point. Can you... uh, I'm trying to think of a good proxy, and it doesn't almost matter because you'll get the point. A proxy for um, Idaho, pretty red state, right. right? Now, granted, not the same number of electoral votes, so probably wouldn't have gotten as much press, but Florida. Let's take Florida, critical state, right? Right. Republican governor, Republican senator. Okay. If they would have come up with something that was uniquely interesting for Barack Obama's life— and he needed to do, he sealed his, his transcripts, right? Right. You need to release your, tra- presidential candidates need to release their transcripts or they cannot be on the ballot. Can you imagine the the press, the libs, what they would say about that? How is this any different? Well, or we, we, we say that uh, California was kind of a joke because it doesn't matter for Trump anyways. He's not going to win it, right? Which is true, right? But what if you get states starting to then peel off inside for the their their respective color, right? Mm, so California, okay. he can't appear here. Okay. But then the Democrat Democrats can't appear on Alabama's <laughs> right. ballot, right? Right. And you start getting this like clear divide and to the this system's ju- destroyed. Totally to this judge's point. And you've got, you know, when you <clears throat> um Mark Levin, right? He wrote the book about the the um the Liberty Amendments, right? right. The ability for the states to come together, but you need two-thirds of them to have a convention. Apparently, that's only, I don't know, five, six states away, meaning over there's a majority of states that are run by conservative or red legislatures, gotcha. right, governors. So even though in, in – which I yeah, still don't quite understand, but even though these states – have voted for Republican legislatures, et cetera, they may still go blue in a presidential election. Right. Well, when you start setting precedents like this, why won't those legislatures and those governors of red states clamp down on the blue state, on the blue uh, uh, presidential voting, right, and come up with this kind of stuff? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Right, you, you exactly. You end up with zero order to right. the system. Right. And I don't know how it... You just, it doesn't bring anything good to it. Right. I, uh, right. I could see if you took a lawsuit because one of the constitutional requirements wasn't being followed. Right. You weren't the age. You weren't the citizenship. You weren't something like that. But which is funny, right? Because you, it's in the Constitution. So right. <laughs> that's right. the irony of this whole deal. That's is the closest, you would even have to bring up something. But I understand you. That's the closest right. thing I can find. Like right. you were like, no, uh, you need to follow the rules <laughs> that are written. Right. So, so you're doubly in right you're f- from a state. Um, uh, constitutional perspective, you're doubly enforcing. No, no, we we are going on record of respecting the Constitution of the United right. States, so you can't appear in our ballot. Like, okay, I got that. Well, and to me, just the the gall of the state then saying who I can vote for. Right now, they're making it impossible for me as a California resident to vote on my chosen candidate for presidency. It's a total. It's an interesting angle. Like the balls on you, like seriously. That's, that's right. It's a completely. It's a different angle, but it'd be one that could have lawsuits just the same. 
Oh, I right? don't know how you don't get, uh, you know, citizen class action type stuff right. out of that because you're infringing on people's right to vote on a president that other states are allowed to vote on. Regardless of whether, again, you and I would both agree, he, he doesn't have a snowball's chance and you know where of, of actually winning California. Right. That's not the point. The point is precedence. Well, it becomes even worse when people start talking about getting rid of the Electoral College and going to a popular vote. Now my vote actually might have a little bit more oomph than in California. Uh, that's right. Though, because, though, yeah. you know, yeah. people are voting on the president now and not states. And then I can't even, I can't, you've silenced me. Yeah. Right. Vo- I, vo- uh actual voter suppression, right? We talk, totally. we talk all the Just time outright about outright suppression. <laughs> right. We talk about all the time about how we've got we know liberals who there's there's no suppression happening whatsoever. Like, come on, man. That you know what this would be an interesting I wonder if those same people would see this as a form of suppression. No. I doubt it. You're mm-hmm. right. I I doubt they would. Orange man bad. <laughs> oh, everything because justified. His tax return will make a difference. <laughs> everything justified. He is bad do what you need to do to stop right. he who is bad. Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. Anything more on that? No. It, um, I mean, a small win, you know, again, it wasn't going to matter for this state, but I think this, uh, this judge's point in terms of stopping the precedence, um, it's huge. It's really big. There was a quote from Gavin Newsom that said, Oh my goodness. The United States constitution grants states the authority to determine how their electors are chosen and California is well within its constitutional right to include this requirement. How does that have anything to do with choosing electors? <laughs> it's kind of like when the Commerce Clause gets used for everything. Uh, exactly. They shoehorn, <laughs> like, no joke. It's the Literally one default clause. everything right. underneath the, the, the Commerce Clause. And it's like, okay, okay you're going to try to shoehorn picking electors. I got to be honest. I mean, we, as we've said before, we're going to miss Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown... He didn't seem to have a lot of BS in him, right? Like, disagree with policy, that kind of stuff. But the guy wasn't, you know, he didn't seem to get up there and just wax eloquent. That didn't seem to be Jerry's. This guy, this guy's just got diarrhea of the mouth. Right. He just, you know, whatever sounds good, feels good. He's thinking at the time, he's just going to say it. Right. And that's case in point. (laughs) Gavin Newsom. Trump's attorney, kind of in what you said, the last thing I'll say here. Um, the slippery slope that it creates, right? Big time. And he says, uh, stating in a tongue-in-cheek riff that eventually presidential candidates would have to release 23andMe reports detailing their <laughs> genetics, a reference to the private company that sells DNA kits. There, where does it stop? It, that's exactly what I was thinking. There is the point of all this, where does it stop? Right. Uh, I will only allow someone on our state's ballot who has brown hair. I mean, like, come on. I'm surprised that um, they haven't tried to come up with a law that forces the IRS to release it, right, from the other side, because they've got the data. Very interesting. Right? So true. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's easier from the hacker from Nigeria to to get it out of the system (laughs) for them. WikiLeaks. All right. This kind of, uh, this dovetails into it. Actually, it'll be our last topic, but. California just legalized mm-hmm. public banking, setting the stage for more affordable housing. I like how we... I know, exactly. I, I saw that and I just started laughing. Again, another, uh, how does A equal B? 
right? And we covered this it, quite that's a ways right. back. That's right. For a different reason. And I have to believe part of it is this. Marijuana. Marijuana, right? right? Uh, marijuana is still illegal federally, still classed federally. Therefore, the money you derive from selling it in California, you can't put in a... Chase bank, let's, uh, for federally example. backed bank. Right. Um, so it made an interesting quandary for the pot growers out there because they had all this cash and they had nowhere to put it in the bank so they couldn't use it to pay bills with a debit card things right. like that right um couldn't even pay credit cards down so cities and counties in california will be allowed to create their own public banks making the state uh one of just two to legalize institutions of that kind the california governor mr gavin newsom there on wednesday is. this is a wednesday of this week it's pretty yeah, it's just yeah. a, just a few days ago. Signed the Public Banking Act or AB 857, which will allow city and county governments to create or sponsor public banks. Those banks will, in return, provide public agencies access to loans at interest rates much lower than they could find at private banks. Supporters say the change sets the stage for funding infrastructure demands or providing loans to developers to help meet affordable housing needs. Yeah. Mm. What? <laughs> What job is it, I'm sorry, but what job is it of theirs to dictate the purpose and the point of the bank? I mean, granted, I guess they're the... You know it's the right move geez. because ACO tweeted how awesome it was. Though that tells me everything I need to know. So You're Public right. Bank LA tweeted, we made history. Thank you, Governor at Gavin Newsom, for signing AB 857. Public banking is officially law in California. Activists working together from across the state took on the most powerful industry on the planet in one. Hashtags, people over profit, Main Street, not Wall Street. People over profit. <laughs> and Main Street, not Wall Street. And ACO retweeted and said, wow, congratulations to California grassroots for this enormous victory. Kudos to Gavin Newsom for signing this. Public banking is next level. So here's what I want to know. <laughs> I want to know a lot. I want to know a lot, but here's what I want to know. If you've got decent credit, right. it doesn't have to be phenomenal. Okay, right. But, 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 but you're credit, credit worthy. Yeah. You can get a home mortgage in like the fours still. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and interest rates have been coming. Um, I would argue right. maybe even high threes, right. but okay. My, which is funny because we'll pay down points and argue quarters, fractions of a right. point today, right. Right? right? And when my parents called for their house in the 80s. It's oh. like interest rates were in the 20s. Oh, right, right, right. right. So they're talking points. and you know, Oh, yeah. And for uh, us, yeah. we're splitting. Oh, I'm getting four plus right. five. I, four and a quarter if I put four grand more down. Four and three eighths. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. How much lower is a public bank going to get you? No interest? Well, it's a, It's like interest-free financing on a new Ford Fiesta? I mean, I'm not a banker. I only have a very, very, very rudimentary understanding, but right that that's where the bank is going to make their money, right? So they're going to charge you, Joe borrower, an interest rate, right? They're going to borrow the money themselves from like the federal government or deposits and checking and savings, et cetera. And it's that spread where they're making a profit, right? Right, because the dollar you pay in 2019 That's right. is not going to be worth the same in 2049. Bingo. Um, I'm willing to make that bet. Um, and so the question becomes, well, then, are they... I mean, and it's California, so I think I know the answer to this. Do they actually care about making a profit? 
Do they care at least about breaking even? Well, to me, that poses an interesting quandary of unfair competitive advantage. Exactly. Because they can always go back to the taxpayer to make up whatever the shortfall is in uh, whatever area of the state to then give out interest or low interest or nearly no interest loans exactly that have a competitive advantage over private banks. Isn't it just, I'm, I'm kind of saying this half thinking it is, but also tossing this out there. Isn't this just a, a massive subsidization by a different it has cover? To be. You know what I mean? Right. Um, instead of just direct, we're going to tax you more and we're going to outright give a grant or a gift to that person. It's just kind of another, it's a different, you know, fuzzy way of doing that. What's interesting, what's also interesting to me is I had a federal loan. I had a federal student loan and that was 6%. Okay. Wells Fargo refinanced it at 4.3. Go Wells. Right. Okay. There's an example of a government-backed loan that did not beat industry. Mm, interesting. Right? And, yeah, good point. And that might be one of the closest parallels we have to federally-backed loans. Or not backed, because a lot of our private loans are federally backed. Sure, sure, sure. But a, the, you know, what is there is the uh, U.S. Department of Education, Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. or whatever, yeah, the, yeah, technically yeah. the funding yeah. source. But that was a Fed loan mm-hmm. that wasn't competitive. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And now we're going to say that they're going to beat banks when it comes to property loans or real estate loans. Yeah. It, back to your point. Given the back, uh, what's the capital? Right. Because banks are going to loan out money that they're holding because of the checkings and savings accounts they hold. But that brings up a side question that it's just kind of a, a, a wonderment for me as I read an article like this. Who. What California citizen is sitting there going, man, I need to choose a bank. I don't operate. I'm not, I don't do marijuana, so I don't need it. Right. I don't need it for that reason, but I'm just looking for a bank. New some bank and trust. <laughs> right. I got a loan for you. Who is proactively in their right mind going to go deposit their money with the state of California? I mean, I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure that come tax time, they have as little of my money as possible. Right. And now we're going to have people walking around. Oh, oh, they're exactly who I want to keep my money. Who's going to do that? I mean, it's kind of a, just a side wondering, but I'm not real sure. Well, I I can't imagine ever doing that. No, no. You already give them an interest free loan in the form (laughs) of your tax payments. Exactly. Right. That system has always boggled my mind in that. Uh, Yeah. If, if you work a normal, you know, above board job, that's right. W you get W uh, W two or right. ten ninety nine, right? Right. You have to pay an estimate of what your taxes will be, and then in April you have to figure out again an estimate of what the taxes should be based on what you made and do all the math and right. all the complications that come with that and TurboTax right. it or go find your accountant. So then you, you continue to pay an estimate. And then they will give you back the money you overpaid off the estimate they made you do. And if you choose to not do it or you get the math wrong, you're audited and they can take everything. If if what you just listened to seems one-sided, you are absolutely correct. You must estimate all this stuff. And if you get it wrong, we can then come seize it all. Sign me up. Where do, where, 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 can I, That's can always I do that blown today? my mind. This imprecise science they make you do. Estimated tax payments. If you're if you're a 
self-employed. You got to make your estimated tax payments. And at the end of the year, you got to pick up the balance once you do all the math. And if you're wrong on any of that, we come take it. And so this is the same group of people entity that that I'm going to proactively walk into a building and say, here's a check. I want to give <laughs> you money to put into an account. What I want to know... I want to know the loans. I that, that is a that's going to be a fascinating. Who, who are you loaning to? Not to okay. I mean, let's go down this road for a second because they really are pitting themselves against banks, right? When was the last time you were on like the DMV website or the the what, uh, franchise tax board website? Terrible. They stink. So how long is it going to be till you have mobile banking with the state of California, right? Oh, it, they're, they're, yeah, it's Their awful. systems are going to be horrendous. If you've ever had to make any payments, God, <laughs> oh. if you're a business owner, you feel the plight. Oh, geez. Any payments on the IRS website, any payments to the Franchise Tax Board or the State Board of Equalization or your LLC payments, any of those or the DMV, the DMV has got a little better, I think, but any of the tax payments you have to make in the state are terrible. Speak, and yeah. and God forbid you get logins mixed up or you are a single member LLC, so it's all on your 1040, but you don't do it that way on the website. You got to use your secretary of state number. And if you do it the other way, the money's going to go to the wrong place. And some of these sites I expect to scroll to the bottom and see powered by GeoCities or like Netscape or something, <laughs> right. you know? It's like 1994. They, yeah, they're horrible. So again, these people are going to be competing against Chase, Wells, B of A uh, for user experience right? to try and entice you. And so, why are government sites so bad? It's a, you know, it's, a, it's I, a fantastic question. I know that's a tangent. They have no, but they have no incentive, right? As a web developer myself, I always wonder why. I mean, private industry sites beat government sites out. Go to oh, go to oh any just goodness. local government website and find find me the information on how to apply for a job. I challenge you. Oh, you mean if I wanted to work for that city or that the state? Go or to the city of Glendale's website, or okay. the city of Pasadena, or the city of Riverside, or kinda, go to any this. of your local websites. I might do this. And see how convoluted the menu structure is. Just find for me, <laughs> what are the water rates? Find me that PDF somewhere on there. Find me how to apply for a local job. It is... Right, but at the core of it, terrible. They don't, they don't need to. They don't have to, because it's a monopoly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, which, which brings the other thought I have about this, the, 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 the banks. Now, now we're pl- obviously, we're in hypothetical world here, but... Is it a hop, skip, and a jump before um, your refund must be deposited into a California bank? Now, okay. you can take it out, but I'm just talking about... But you got, you got to get that special yeah, Visa debit yeah. card. I'm, I'm just talking about, man, can I just smell baby steps here? Or it's a fee, right? To transfer your money out. See? Just three bucks. It's just three bucks. But see what I mean? Right. Like, we're, th- 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 this is a scary... I know I got the tinfoil hat back on, but this is a scary world because they obviously are massively incented for gathering as much of as much of your dough as much as I mean enticing whoever's money to be in the bank 
so that they can do what was the headline again? Legalized public banking, so it sets the stage for more affordable housing. Exactly. See, they 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 have incentives that they want to accomplish, and that's going to take just like a normal bank, right? That's going to take deposits. So, base base level, aren't they going to be incentive for vacuuming up as much of your and my and whoever's money as possible? Now, granted, you know sub um, sub market loans. Um, that are essentially subsidies. That's going to help with that. But man, you just you would just think that the more they get a taste of quote unquote what can be accomplished socially with the funds that are going to be available to them in the bank, they already have no no stopping their appetite for taxes. So right. it's just all going to be a grab for deposits. That that's my uh main that's my big concern. You shouldn't fear, though, because it says further in the article that public banks in California will be operated by professional bankers and run by an independent board of directors to insulate and protect against self-dealing. I just have to point to CalPERS and the story we covered not too long ago (laughs) about them making financial investment decisions based on feel-good policy, not investing in oil or guns, but investing in green energy. Are they going to then pick and choose? Are they going to loan out to Exxon to build a pump? Can't, nope. It, here, here's I, an interesting answer, John. Nope. <laughs> you saw me trying to respond, and then you just shut it down. Can't, um, that gets interesting territory. To follow all the equal lending requirements? That, exactly. See, this, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. This gets into interesting territory. But speaking of who... Speaking of incentives, there's an article I found at nextcity.org. I know nothing about that site, but... Seems legit. Uh, and lit. Good, good enough source for this yeah. show. <laughs> nextcity.org. So this, the writer of this article was kind of hypothesizing about, oh, where this can go. And he was drawing parallels to the Bank of North Dakota, another state-owned right. bank, right? But he was saying, um, AB 857, network of public banks that would leverage local public deposits in support of public policy priorities like... And here's an interesting list affordable housing and home ownership, clean energy and climate adoption. Always a good one. Small business lending. Yeah, right. Alternatives to payday loans. See, that's another thing that's right. We within, talked about yeah. that too. And that's, that's in their wheelhouse. They want to they wanna give anyone who wants money who's underneath a certain income level probably negative interest rates. Right? We, we did a whole episode about payday loans. Yep. And other, quote, and the article goes on to say, and other priorities that public banking advocates feel are too important to leave entirely up to privately owned banks. Who are you to decide what's too important that, that, that a coming together of citizens who are looking out for their own individual separate interests, that, 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 that that's just not being accomplished. We have a, in our SOPs at work, we have a catch-all phrase like that, too, when it comes to the different like chores you have to do every day. Okay. And it ends with, or other duties as assigned. Right? <laughs> and right, that's, that's always the joke classic. at work. And, and that's what that last line is, right? Like, here are examples and anything else yeah. you want to sweep under there, right? <laughs> totally. But I, what got us in the housing bubble before was lending to people that couldn't pay back money. And all these things are requirements to see if you can pay the check or not. And we want to get rid of the requirements. Maybe the requirements are there. But look, owning a home is not a right. That's right. It's not. That's right. Sorry. Right. 
Uh, you are not at all. You are borrowing a chunk of money from yep. someone, and they are trying to figure out: Am I going to get my money back? That's right. How many of you would lend money to somebody that's sketchy, or somebody that you felt couldn't pay back the money? None of us would. Or, or that's how we break up families. Right? Uh, it's right. like I lend it to Aunt Sally, right? And Aunt Sally never paid me back. Went and I to don't the talk casino. To her Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. That's right. So, so why would a bank be any different? Because they're lending out your money. Right. They need to make sure it's there when you need it. And you alluded to it earlier, but don't forget with the with this public bank, they operate with such a huge advantage over at Chase. Because they Taxpayer operate Taxpayer funded, man. They operate with the ability to levy taxes. Right. Chase doesn't get to deploy part of your paycheck if it starts <laughs> right. to become insolvent. Right? These exactly. people do. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. There was one more sentence um, in this nextcity.org article. Uh, many, it says, quote, many remain skeptical that government-owned financial institutions will do anything other than enable corruption and self-dealing to the benefit of career politicians, potentially leaving taxpayers to foot the bill for failing public Not banks. Not potentially. Yeah. It no. will. Uh, mark it down. Totally. Mark it down. Oh, well... There's got to be some bright lining in this state, right? Nope. That was my best buzzer sound. This Brr. came from uh, Eyewitness News. I think it's uh, ABC7 mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But they were basically parroting uh, something from Business Insider. Ten of the country's most miserable cities are located in California. So <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Business Pretty Insider brutal. compiled a list of the 50 cities that are the worst um, in the country and the 50 cities are based on census data from a, a thousand cities. Uh, so Ouch. the criteria in which they weighted it, they looked at all these cities and 40% was weighted to population change. Who's coming in and who's going out. 10% was weighted to the civ- civilian labor force, 10% to the median household income, uh-huh. 15% to persons without health insurance, 15% median Median commute time, ten mm. percent to poverty. So, number one in misery, they claim, is Gary, Indiana. I've been there. Seems pretty miserable. You've actually uh, yep. you made that comment. And it's funny because uh, someone else that made the top fifty is right, maybe two train stops down, and that's Hammond, Hammond, Indiana. Oh, interesting. And Chicago was in the top ten. I right. think. Right. Um, I think seven. No, I don't. Oh, no, maybe, maybe not, I'm wrong. I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong. Um. But California has the most cities on the list. Why would it not? And I have to believe New Jersey's pretty close because when I was looking at all 50, New Jersey <laughs> had a ton of cities. Uh, so this included Huntington Park and Bell Gardens, Palmdale, Compton, San Bernardino, Lancaster, Hemet, Montebello, Elmonte, and Linwood. Honestly, and I may offend people here, none of those cities surprised me. Because uh, are we talking South Central Los Angeles? Well, for a, for a number of them, some right? of these get used as the butt of a joke, right? Lancaster, Palmdale, got Sorry, it. Sorry, the, the high desert there, Compton, oh, okay, yeah. I, right. right, San Bernardino, the nine hundred nine, right. I'm gonna. I'm sorry if I'm offending listeners. Bell Gardens and Linwood, Montebello, uh, Elmani. That's kind of east East LA with, within miles of each other. I yeah. mean, they're all kind yeah. of. Yeah, getting that southern LA portion. Yeah, Linwood's always been high crime. Um, Where exactly is uh, is Linwood south south east ish south central LA? 
Yeah. Okay. It's down by like Hawaiian Gardens in that area. Okay. Um, they have a major trauma center there. So yeah. that's usually part of it. <laughs> Why uh, would they build one there? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, El Monte, stuff down off the 10. Um, oh, yeah. San Gabriel yeah. Valley ish. Yeah. Montebello, yep. same kind of deal, that East LA vibe. Mm-hmm. Bell Gardens. Uh, Bell Gardens is kind of down by the, the whole area that had a bunch of corruption, right? When it came to all the pension spiking. Kind of Vernon and that that chunk of group. Um, some of the other ones, a lot of these cities, people probably don't even know. A lot of New Jersey, though. Uh, Passaic, Newark. No, man. Uh, Camden, New Brunswick, Union City, Trenton, mm-hmm. Patterson. <laughs> um, what else? What else? That's all of them. But you know, quite a bit. <laughs> And, and then the, you've got like Flint, Michigan, things that are kind of obvious. But, but, okay, I don't know each of these cities very intimately, but some of them, I mean, I'm familiar enough with to be able to safely say the following. The really, the really, well, it's not funny, but it's so true. You're talking about cities that have been under lib rule and control for, for decades now. And you'd think at some point here, do, do the people want to like try something different when it comes to a city council and or mayor? No. And, you know what I mean? You're like, there's a problem. Okay, fine. Yeah, problem. I'm doubting that a lot of people... Sorry, let me say this a different way. I, I'm imagining a lot of people that live in these cities are n- noting that something's not fantastic in their city. So... Right. What what's what's the thrust for saying, you know what, this is not good, but let's double down. I think for a lot of these areas, they've been so down for so long and yeah. it's so generational yeah. that you just think this is life. You're probably right. right? This You're is how good right. this is gonna get. You get this like general apathy. There's literally no hope. There's no hope. And and look, if you if you make the top fifty list of worst cities living in the country your candidates for office have to come from that city too, or that district. It's it's, it's a downward spiral then. So who are you really selecting to run for office? Are you just limited by not having quality candidates who can even turn the stuff around? Um, Brutal. I don't know. Pretty. Some of them, I think they're, it might be a numbers thing and not really a, it might not really be that bad. Is it really that bad? I live in San Bernardino. I know it's a joke, but like, and obviously, well, hmm. I was going to say most of these areas. Or Montebello. Like, come on. Do you imagine all of these areas have a decent part? Or Probably. I think some of these areas, though, I'm not sure that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, you see Compton, right? Is, <laughs> right. I don't know a way to sugarcoat that. Is there like, right, right like Compton Heights? You know, so, like, I, don't, I don't know. No, I get what you're saying. Um. Most of them, though, do probably do. All we know is California had the most cities in there. Some people will probably say because we're just so big. It's I know, inevitably right? statistically, right? statistically <laughs> speaking, exactly. That's what we I, would. <laughs> right. I, actually, I think what's more compelling is how many of these are in L.A. County. Right. Uh, right? We're not talking, and I understand we're back to population. I got that. But um, for as much, again, where I was born, but as for much as people rail on it, like, I didn't hear Bakersfield in there, you know? Eight. 
eight. I didn't hear Paso Robles in there. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? No, it's not going to be in there either. But out of this list of cities, Huntington Park, yeah. Bell Gardens, Palmdale, Compton, San Bernardino, Lancaster, Hemet, Montebello, El Monte, and Linwood, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I got that right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of these cities are in L.A. County. Boom. I mean. Right. So <laughs> who's, is it really California or is it Los Angeles County? Uh, some of these areas represented by the likes of Maxine, right? <laughs> right. I mean, so I mean, we, we could just go down the list and like it tells you everything you need to know. Right. You know. So I, th- I think that's the, that's actually maybe the more telling part for those of us who are locals that. These aren't just spread out in California. These are That's right. pretty tightly grouped in a certain chunk of the state. And again, and but you know what? You bring up a good point. It's easier. It's easy, I would admit. It's easy to set from the outside, look in it. What, what are you thinking? Why don't you change your vote? But the mentality, right? The generational mentality in areas like that probably is just not real great. They're probably over it. Like, this place sucks. <laughs> Right. over it it's easier to move out than to try to affect change right you know it's just what, easier to move down the road but you know what would change everything if they had a branch of a public bank in that city and if they got rid of trump <laughs> you know if trump just released his tax returns this this would change for the better Flint, might, michigan would have clean water you might be right orange man bad so getting rid of orange man solves Everything because these weren't the same when Obama was office. All these <laughs> right. places thrive. <laughs> the whole list was flipped upside was down. <laughs> Compton was the most amazing city to live in in between 2008 and 2016. Yeah, 2016, everything went downhill. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Anything else to add? Episode 62 is down. Thanks for listening. Oh. Even though we are legs short. On this episode, Bobby will be back the episode after next. Uh, Continue listening. Tell your friends about us. That's how we get more popular. We grow with every episode, which is pretty crazy. And Facebook hasn't banned our our advertising yet, which is... That's coming. Speaking of stuff that's inevitable. Soon we'll be quarantined and banned and everything else. So listen while we're still on the airwaves. And we don't... um, We don't have Bobby to send us off today, but... Download us from Google Play, Apple iTunes, CaliStreaming.com, C-A-L-I-Streaming.com. Participate in the discussion. Figure out all the sources and the sites. We post everything for every episode. And John, I'm going to put the onus on you to tell our listeners what they have to do. In honor of Bobby, they need to burn it all down.